This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Welcome, everybody, to episode 257 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. It's Liam. Liam, welcome to our final edition, for this month at least, of Static Shock Reviews as we we look towards, not quite finished the month, but next week is the fifth month or fifth week of the month, I should say. So we'll be uh, we'll be covering an else world as we'll talk about it a little bit later. But mm-hmm. uh, we are excited to uh, to move forward. We've completely wrapped up season one. We're done with all of season one of Static, and we are winding down season two. Mm-hmm. And we've got a uh, another episode of season two to cover today. That's right. Uh, so Jay will be covering a very interesting episode as we talked about, kind of a a classic trope for a, a TV series where. Uh, there's an off-screen dead parent, which is, of course, the episode where uh, where the mom or dad starts dating again. So we have a fun episode to talk about today with Pop's girlfriend. That is right. And, of course, before we get into our review for this week, we are, of course, going to get to the official IMDb movie database, internet movie database synopsis for this week's episode, which originally aired here in the States, at least according to Google, on March the 9th, 2002, meaning we uh, we just passed the 21-year anniversary of this episode's debut. And of course, the official IMDb synopsis is brought to you by The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash The Pod Tower and get our entire catalog of episodes, including each and every static episode we've covered to date, including some of the uh, more memorable and uh, and lovable ones, including, uh, including Hard as Nails, which of course features The Dark Knight and a lot of the other ones, uh, the ones featuring Anansi the Spider and the Man of Steel Superman. And we, mm-hmm. we've covered a bunch of fun ones already. So head over to YouTube.com slash The Pod Tower today and subscribe to that channel and uh, like our videos uh, exclusively over there at YouTube.com slash The Pod Tower. That's right. So this is the synopsis for Pops Girl, which was written by Christopher Simmons, directed by, by Dennis Cowan, with music by and animation by Tama Production. And that synopsis reads as such. The whole Hawkins family is going out to dinner with Pop's new girlfriend. However, trouble with the police disrupt the night. What? Poor. That F. I don't think that's even what that doesn't even really. Yeah, it's poor English. It doesn't accurately really describe what happens Mm-mm. doesn't mention some of the main plot points yeah that's that's f see me after class we're gonna have to have to do a makeup uh makeup assignment and uh, we're gonna be speaking to your parents about, that, <laughs> about the results of that but yes uh, i guess we can get into our own attempt 
to accurately provide a synopsis for this week's episode as we kick things off with a pair of what the DCAU wiki refers to as, quote unquote, rebellious boys. (laughs) Uh, The DCAU wiki. What a what a tremendous resource. Uh, But these two young gentlemen are Royce and Frankie that we'll learn later on are students that we just have happened to never see before that also go to Statics High School. They look Mm -hmm. like young men. I thought that these were like 25 year olds, but um, maybe they just were held back a couple years or something like that. I don't know. But they are supposedly... Uh, high school students and they are clearly up to no good as they are not only gate jumping and uh, boarding the subway without paying, uh, but they are eyeing to get themselves into a little bit of little bit of trouble as they spot a, a man on the subway that is carrying a mysterious suspicious briefcase, which appears to have been handcuffed to him at one point. But of course he's alone on a, on a subway car. What do you do at that time? If you're guarding something that's so important that you handcuff it to you, you of course release the handcuff so that you can massage your wrist. Like this is, this is how insane. And sit it on, he sits it on the ground. It's not even like he keeps holding on while he, uh, while he does it. Yep, he sits it on the ground and just sort of like is really into trying to massage his own wrist. And this, of course, catches the attention of Royce and Frankie. Royce uh, kind of elbows Frankie and tells him that they're going to make makes eyes that we're going to go ahead and, and see what's up with this case. So at the next stop, they uh, they sort of both bum rush the these uh, this guy that was carrying the briefcase snatch the case and escape off of the cars the doors close behind them leaving our our security guard or our agent or whoever this person was tasked with transporting these this mysterious briefcase alone and uh, on the car driving away as the uh, as Royce and Frankie escape and they uh, they escape up to a uh, up to an alley, which we'll see a little bit later as they kind of unpack and break into the the briefcase. And they discover that it's actually some odd purple vials or it's vials that have some sort of purple liquid in. But uh, before then, we, of course, get the get to the start of our Virgil story, which we learn that uh, Virgil's father has been dating somebody and he's so excited as Virgil shares this story with Richie that Virgil's dad is very excited, but Virgil's a little bit on edge about it. And as of course, as you mentioned, is the case in every every television story with this type of plot, the uh, the kids are, are a little bit uh, less than warm towards the idea of their father dating so uh, Virgil's talking about how they're going to have dinner with this uh, this mysterious woman this evening and that it's so important that Virgil's dad is making him wear a, a, a tie. When my pops came home last night, he was walking on air, almost like he'd never been on a date before. He's a widower. He's been out of practice, V. So what do you think? Is he serious about, uh, uh, what was her name? Trina. Serious enough to make me wear a coat and tie when we all go out to dinner? I'm telling you, Rich, this whole Pops dating thing is too weird for words. Sorry, man, my bad. Watch where you walk, dreadhead. I said I was sorry. Oh, you want to throw, huh? Royce. You just caught a break, Virgil. I can see the yearbook now. Royce Axelrod, most likely to be sent upstate. So, uh, as... 
as uh, as would be the case uh, during this uh, during this issue, uh, we we recognize that, of course, Virgil is going to do something that is going to cause him to interact with this woman and leave a leave a uh, first impression that maybe isn't the uh, isn't the best. That's right. So, uh, yes, at that point, uh, we see Virgil emerging. He has a conversation with his dad about how he needs to clean up his room before they go out to dinner. And uh, as he's uh, as he's sort of suiting down, I guess, going back to his civilian, he's, he is spotted by a couple of police officers who happen to be uh, on the lookout for this stolen briefcase. And they see a, a kid with a backpack. And so they stop him and uh, demand he open his backpack. He asks why. And they say, uh, you know, just show us us in there. Uh, And of course, him having his static costume inside, uh, he panics and uh, creates a little bit of a distraction and just takes off running. We've been up and down these alleys, Jessup. Nothing. Jessup. He's got a backpack. Excuse me, son. What are you doing here? Uh, nothing. Just taking a shortcut home. Mind if we take a look inside your backpack? Why what? I didn't do anything. No one said you did. It's just a precaution. A precaution, huh? Uh, well... What the... Still, Virgil? You know what you did. Thinks he's gotten away, but uh, he knows that that could be creating some trouble for him. And lo and behold, as we find out later the night at the Hawkins household, as Virgil uses uh, uses his powers to kind of shove all of his uh, all of the clutter in his room into his closet which is Chekhov's uh, messy closet mm-hmm. this episode uh, yeah he goes on to finally meet uh, meet Pop's new girlfriend as is the episode title and uh, he has a brief conversation with Sharon where she's uh, Sharon also not super happy about this idea of of their dad dating again saying that she just she, she her dad their dad is just acting so out of uh so out of sorts, he's even singing Motown, which I thought was one of the <laughs> funnier lines in this whole episode. Uh, but yes, yeah, so sort of discussing this uh, this new woman in their dad's life, and wouldn't you know it, she comes to the door, and Virgil goes to greet her, and then, of course, that they've met before. Oh boy, must be Trina. She's off work early. What does she do anyway? She's a cop. Hi, honey. Hello, Robert. Let me introduce you to my kids. Sharon, this is Trina. This is my son, Virgil. I believe we've already met. Yep, it is, of course, the female police officer that he had met before. And um, I I guess we will talk about this later in plot. But there, I mean, the, the whole idea of them alluding to racial profiling i thought was mm-hmm. was interesting i felt it was unfortunate that they didn't really get to 
explore that very much. It's sort of dropped initially. Um, but that's that's what's Im- heavily implied based on that that they they talk about him fit quote unquote fitting the description. He's mm-hmm. a he's a young man in the area with a backpack, so they felt like they should stop him. And static, of course, running leads to them assuming that there's guilt or he had something to do with it. And that's where that's kind of the tension for the rest of the episode is uh, as once once we get our, our commercial cliffhanger where uh, Trina is uh, is revealed to be the same officer that interacted with Static prior to his uh, his ability to escape, we uh, we get Virgil's dad being very, very stern with him, um, saying that he taught him better and he knows not to run away. Uh, from the police and why would he even you know why would he ever do such a thing and Virgil tries to explain in a way that I I think also sounds very realistic and what you hear Mm -hmm. a lot of times I think especially from minorities from young black men that say like hey I was scared I was scared of why I you know you were stopping me running away from the police now I know I've raised you better than that Virgil what you did was not only stupid and dangerous, but completely inexcusable. But, Dad... Get in your room right now! So, your father tells me you love college. It's okay. Such an exciting time. I guess. Look at me! Just tell me why you did it. I, I don't know. I just got scared, that's all. That's not acceptable. Your backpack, I want to see it. Now! You want to make it even harder on yourself? Fine. Pops, don't... I'm going to go cool off. You're beyond grounded. School, home, that's it. And clean up this room! But Virgil's dad really wants nothing of it and, and to hear nothing of it and wants to see what was in, in his backpack uh, because he obviously had some intel that that was what uh, Trina and the other officer were interested in finding out what Virgil had in there and what Virgil was trying to hot, quote unquote, hide from them. So uh, as as uh, as he demands to see the backpack, of course, Virgil's trying to figure out what he's going to do because his static costume is still in the backpack and mm-hmm. uh, as you said, Chekhov's closet, uh, Robert <laughs> goes into the closet to to see if he can find the backpack. And of course, all of Static's belongings fall out on top of him. And uh, Robert, in order to, I think, prevent himself from doing something that he would later regret, decides he's going to cool off and uh, informs Virgil that he is big time grounded at that point going forward. He's going to go to school and come right home and do his homework. And that's it. He's not going to leave his room for quite some time. So, uh, so static of course is, uh, it's quite distraught. Meanwhile, we do get a, a shot <laughs> shot of, uh, of both uh, Trina and Sharon having a conversation where Sharon is also, uh, really giving her the cold shoulder and not really engaging mm-hmm. in a conversation uh, with Trina, kind of letting her know that she's not really, really well, all that welcome there. Um, later on the next day, we uh, we get some at school, we get Richie and Virgil talking about how he's grounded and, you know, Virgil talking about how he doesn't know how he's going to be both static and Virgil and still serve as punishment that his father, father has set up at this time. 
and balancing all of that. And they actually get stopped at that point by Trina, the police officer and Robert's girlfriend saying that she needs to ask uh, Virgil some additional information. He says that he's got to get home, but she says and swears that she's cleared this conversation with Robert ahead of time. So they go to the burger full and they sit down and have a little chat and she tells them, like every good police officer just spills exactly what's <laughs> going on in, in a case to a, to a 15 year old. Like you're just going to tell every <laughs> intimate detail about this case uh, to, to a 15 year old boy. I need to talk about why we stopped you. What I'm about to tell you is not for broadcast. Okay. You know what the big bang is, right? I heard about it. Yeah. Well, two kids about your age stole a metal case, which contains the big bang formula in a highly concentrated liquid. The case was being delivered to scientists for study. I've got 24 hours to find it. That's 3 o'clock tomorrow. What happens if you don't find it? It's combustible. The liquid will turn into gas. More bang babies? Double the mutations, at least. Whoa. Virgil, if there's anything you know, anything at all... Wait a sec. You still think I had something to do with this? You were in that part of town. You fit the description. I told you I'm innocent. I had nothing to do with it. Why won't you believe me? But uh, she shares that what exactly was in the case were uh, directly related to the Big Bang, that these are chemicals and these are sort of hyper uh, hyper concentrated versions of the gas. And uh, that if they're not uh, if they're not able to 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 contain this gas and retain the gas at some point, uh, that there's going to be a second Big Bang that happens and that. Because these these uh, vials contain a more concentrated version of the gas, that uh, the damage is going to be twice as worse. Uh, in the meantime, we do cut back to our uh, to our very rebellious boys, Royce and Frankie, who are of course interested in finding out just what the purple gas is. They've brought it to school to to just Einstein's here. <laughs> Uh, and they are in the computer lab on the net, as they say, looking to figure out just what it could be. And they do determine that it is, in fact, related to the Big Bang somehow. I don't know. I, I don't remember how, if there's an article, something. They determine that it's related to the Big Bang. I was going to say, yeah, they're just kind of on a computer and we <laughs> see him, like pulling sheets of paper out of the printer. Mm-hmm. So. So uh, and and by the way, if it wasn't clear, it's been be made very, very clear at the beginning that Royce is definitely more of the uh, the the troublemaker. And Frankie is just sort mm-hmm. of like along for the ride. So R- Royce is the one that's kind of pushing things forward with this. And at this point, Frankie begins to get a little uh, reluctant, I would say, to proceed with whatever whatever plans they have. But uh, the the discovery that this is related to the Big Bang really gives Royce an excited look as he opens one of the vials and uh, some of the liquid gas in there kind of splashes <laughs> out and he even inhales some of it. Uh, they're interrupted, but uh, as the gas spills out, it spills into a garbage can where we see Chekhov's cockroach and spider <laughs> drop from the ceiling at that point, just as they leave the computer lab. And that kind of sets us up for our third third act here of the rest of the episode is we have Virgil, not sure. Uh, by the way, uh, one of the things, as we mentioned, uh, there's now a a, a 
a time frame for when this thing's going to go off, which is three o'clock the next day if they don't mm-hmm. find it. So there's a clock ticking down. Virgil is uh, is grounded at home, can't be static. And now there's a uh, there's gas that's exposed. And we have one of the, our our young young men here uh, inhaling some of that gas as well. That's right. So we've really we've set up a uh, an interesting third act here, which sort of kicks off with Virgil back at home after his uh, his conversation with Trina didn't exactly go well, you know, with her still sort of accusing him and and not wanting to uh, to believe that he was innocent and everything. And and uh, so he's sitting there and he happens to through uh, through the air vent at his room, he can hear Trina and his dad talking and Trina's sort of lamenting that not only have things with Virgil not gone well, due to their uh, their run-ins but also she feels like she isn't getting anywhere with Sharon either and so she uh, she tells Robert that she wants to kind of end things or at least cool them off and give everyone space so it's it's kind of a sad moment for for Virgil's dad as he's uh, he's lost his new girl there and sort of as as Virgil is kind of starting to feel maybe a little bit sorry for his father uh, he gets a call from Richie that there's a a, a static sized emergency yeah. V, you got a little pest control problem at school. You gotta get down here. Dude, I'm grounded, remember? Oh, yeah? Well, listen to this. Where's the can of bug spray when you need it? breaks uh breaks solitary and then goes and and because uh not only it's it's not the uh it's not any metahumans we've seen before but as you mentioned Chekhov's uh Croach and spider uh they just get this is what i love about the big bang juice gas or whatever is that it's just magic it just yeah. there's no rules to this mm-hmm. so everybody else gets superpowers but if it falls on an insect uh or an arachnid i know they're different uh they uh they just get bigger <laughs> that's yeah. all that happens yeah. to them uh so there's a giant cockroach and a giant spider now loose in the uh in the school so static uh races in just in time to save richie from uh getting chowed down on by the cockroach and then uh has sort of a longer fight gets caught in the big web i was waiting for the spidey reference it never comes yeah but i was uh, disappointed so- major league disappointed you have static fly into this giant spider web so much of static dna is mm-hmm. is homaged or linked to a lot of the the typical Spider-Man situations that you could find uh, in in the pages of Spider-Man uh, comics for the last 50, 60 years. Absolutely. So, so the fact that they didn't take advantage of saying like a friendly neighborhood static line or like, you know, I I, I don't know, a Stan Lee lookalike being on the, on the <laughs> ground below or some, something, anything. I, yeah, I, I thought they swung and a missed on that one. But he is uh, he is after that, uh, the brief encounter with the spider, he's able to sort of corral the giant bugs. Can I ask you something? Interrupt. Sure. Yeah. What happens to the giant bugs? 
because I kept waiting. I was like, all right, uh-huh. static doesn't gonna shrink have back a down. lot of it's back it down, right? It doesn't have a lot of violence, right? Static uh-huh. doesn't, we typically don't see a lot of gruesome violence. People get electrocuted. He shoots his powers at him. You know, not a lot of fists flying, right? So I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, these are insects. They're going to show him cutting like shot he shocks the cockroach to start but like the cockroach gets back up like Mm -hmm. oh well maybe he'll just shock this thing and we'll see it flip on its back like okay maybe we're going to intimate death no Mm -hmm. it's like on its side and he leaves it in the middle of the school (laughs) and then he goes outside and he has this tussle with the spider and he pins it to the ground with some weird looking goalposts or something off of the football field but it's clearly not dead because its legs are still moving. So what did he doesn't have like a <laughs> fortress of solitude to put these in? What does he do with no. these? Things? He just <laughs> I was say maybe Superman's and and took him <laughs> to the zoo. Maybe that's maybe that's the resolution here. Because yeah, these like I know I think they say at some point that Dakota has like a bang baby task force like SWAT team. I feel like we saw that in an episode. Well, I don't know what they're doing about the giant spider. Where you put it? Probably gonna put it in handcuffs. Like, <laughs> what, what are we doing with these things? I'm just I'm just picturing the police chief like they're like trying to snap multiple sets of giant <laughs> like <laughs> they're cuffing. We've got three sets of handcuffs. <laughs> And they roll the spider into the into the back of the paddy wagon. Oh my gosh! Oh, amazing! That's a quip for the week. <laughs> I was going to say, "There's the real." Ah, but yes, so uh, from there we go back to the Hawkins household where there uh, there's a lot of clanking of forks and, and little to be had. And Sharon speaks up and sort of half apologizes for for the way they treated Trina, but. Uh, is lamenting now that uh, he seems so disappointed and and, uh, and lets his kids have it. I can't stand this, Daddy. I'm sorry you two broke up, but it was just so weird seeing you with her. You've made that abundantly clear. Both of you. Pops, are we... For a long time now, you two have been telling me it's time I got back out there. That Mom would want it that way. But when I finally find someone I like, this is how you treat her. Look. No one will replace your mother, but I have a life, and I'm going to live it. You can accept that or not. So we give uh, we give Sharon and, and Virgil a little bit more food for thought as we set up this final day at the class at uh, at uh, at the school, and we see that Frankie is trying his best to uh, to inform Royce that this this bang baby gas is dangerous and could have really bad side effects. Royce completely blows him off and notes that he's super strong or getting stronger than any normal man and uh and Zara better just from having inhaled a little bit of the gas and uh as we <laughs> as we go on with the day suddenly uh and later on we see Royce and in class they're taking some sort of history exam as Virgil continues to be concerned about this sort of time bomb of this gas exploding and, and before we know it uh, Royce gets the full side effects of that guy he inhales as he sort of mutates into this really wacky, horrific purple. It's like the third purple Hulk guy, I feel like, <laughs> since we've got <laughs> static. This is like we see a lot of this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
different. He's, he's much more, uh, we'll talk about it in visuals. He's a lot more grotesque than, uh, he's not really a traditional Hulk ripoff. But uh, as he starts to kind of go crazy and then run room, Virgil pulls the fire alarm, tries to evacuate the school, realizes that the gas must be here on uh, on campus. And uh, he makes a call to Trina in uh, in the faculty office her know that the gas is here. And uh, he suits up his static. He takes the, he finds the locker, which is just, uh, just purple smoke emanating from it. He wraps it up with a couple of other, pushes it together and i didn't know static could do this he flies he flies it into space <laughs> or or at least he flies into like the upper atmosphere and then hurls it into space yep uh so we learn we, we learn new powers every week yes again it's it's a little bit magic sometimes on this uh what what static can and but yes that leaves him a little bit drained but now of course he still has to deal with uh with the transformed royce he goes in and sort of tries to calm him down. He's in like a, a theater room, but uh, and it just goes crazy and attacks him. And Trina and her partner show up to try to, uh, to stop him themselves. And the static's able to spring into action. And once again, he ties up. He ties him up with the curtain, takes him outside, and and uh, magics a statue so to, to move the arms around. <laughs> around Royce and kind of keeps him keeps him locked up and uh and static sort of uh you know salutes the cops and disappears so again I don't know how they're getting him down <laughs> I don't know how they're how they're how they're putting handcuffs on this guy yep uh but that's uh, that's not static's problem is it so <laughs> nope. job well done he's off and uh, I guess it all all's well that ends well as we cut to uh, the final scene on the steps of city hall uh, the police chief is giving a commendation to the two officers as well as Virgil for their acts of heroism. And, uh, and we see that uh, Trina and Robert have decided to continue going out and that, uh, that Sharon and, and Virgil have began to warm up to her a little bit as, uh, as we fade to black this week. Man, what an interesting episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I think this falls victim to, as I sort of alluded to, wanting to say something, but really falling short. I again, I don't know yep. if that was because of standards and practices, if that was the writer just only thinking that, you know, I who knows? Who knows if the writer wanted to say something but wasn't allowed to, or if they felt like alluding to the idea of racial profiling being something that young black, especially young black men have to deal with mm -hmm. uh, on a regular basis is was enough just to sort of pseudo touch on that and kind of leave that because we've seen, I mean, there's a whole episode where we deal with, with a racist dad, right? Like, right. <laughs> there's, there's whole episodes where we touch on some of these real life, you know, things that, would be I, I don't want to say educational but maybe maybe would enlighten or shed light on some some real life issues that a lot of people are either ignorant to or maybe don't believe in or what have you so i and I, i'm i was disappointed that that was touched on at the beginning and then yeah. really kind of just glazed over it wasn't really wasn't really addressed even if they had just I think even if in the conversation between Robert and Virgil, where Robert's kind of losing it on Virgil, 
and explaining to him why, because you, I, I think us obviously not being black, we have never mm-hmm. been in the middle of that type of conversation, but I've seen representations of those types of conversations or heard uh, black people talk about those types of conversations that you have Absolutely. to have. Um, so I, I, I know enough about that to say that I feel like it would have been more true for Robert to say, Hey, this is why we, why we don't run from the police. This is why I've told you not to do that. You know, and I get it. It's, it was, it was a way to, you know, they're trying to, to make it like, it's still a kid's cartoon. Like you, you maybe you don't want to go that deep, but, and, and this was 20 years ago, 22 years ago right now, or 21 years ago, we've talked about. So maybe, it, this was as far as they felt like they could take it in in writing, but it does feel like that's glazed over very quickly. And then at the end, Static's getting an award from the police with the police officers. It's just, yeah, it just just doesn't <laughs> fit with the the tone for what that I felt like they were trying to say. And maybe they weren't trying to say anything at the beginning, but I think maybe knowing knowing some of the people that work on the show and knowing what their heart is and hearing their their own personal testimonies and talking about things that they as black people in America have experienced, you would think that that it probably wasn't a, wasn't an accident that this was something that was touched on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly felt like that in the moment and especially when it's, I think when it's brought back up, when, when Trina picks Virgil up and they go to the the burger shop or whatever, and she's, still kind of grilling him about this and and he's you know standing up for himself and saying why do you you know i didn't have anything to do with this and she's like well why did you run right because that's Mm -hmm. again speaking to that the the type of experiences that people have in real life all the time with police is that you know the 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 very black and white looking at it literally and figuratively perhaps uh of you know uh well if you're if you're if you if you haven't done anything wrong nothing to fear we i think we all know that that's not necessarily always the case in real life so yeah it would have been it would have been cool to see that delved into a little bit deeper again i i'm not expecting a uh, <laughs> a kid's cartoon from 2001 to be like you know you know to tell you it's okay to run from cops like i don't i don't i didn't expect right. it to go that far but i i was yeah interesting to have it be and also maybe to have and you kind of delve into like virgil be hurt that even though he did this thing that his father thinks is wrong he feels like it I feel like it could have been interesting if he's but you're but I'm still your son you know I'm a good kid you know I wouldn't do this if I didn't have a reason right. and he tells him like I was scared which right. again in real life I think is a very valid reason for right. why something like this would happen so right. yeah it would have been it would have been something interesting if maybe if there's a second conversation with Robert and Virgil where they delve in and even if they have to kind of skirt around it in, in more general terms, it would have been it would have been nice to see that focused in on a little bit more. And and yes, from from that very serious and heady topic to churches and <laughs> big purple men. Um, I've said other thing on a uh, on a five uh, for for my plot this week. Like I said I think there's some interesting stuff in it. I like seeing like. Robert have something to do to be like the stern dad who 
maybe gives, you know, gives a lesson or has a one-liner at the end of the episode. And again, I think we've talked about this, I think a lot with some of these stats this month, there's, there's pieces here where any individual piece could maybe be interesting on its own, but maybe it doesn't come together, or at least not as well as it could have. Yeah. I, I went with the same, the same score five out of 10. And, and just the last thing I'll say about the, the idea of that sort of very serious real life topic being brought on is maybe it's to a detriment that we have had, we've had that other episode and where they talk about racism being a, a thing and, and static dealing with that, where we look at that and like, okay, well, this was an entire episode where they dedicated to talking about this real life experience that minorities face. So if, if I think the bar was set, although that was done with, you know, we had we had our own critiques about that episode as a whole, and it was done in a way, I think, that at at times that maybe was not as effective as maybe as it could have been for whatever reason. But I think that with the bar being set at that that height, it's like, oh, well, if we're going to if if we're going to use this as a platform to talk about these real life experiences that and shed the light on some of these things that aren't necessarily everyone's experiences um then maybe we should do that you know maybe that's going to happen in a way that it it focuses hyper focused in an episode yeah that's what i'm saying so yeah for the rest of the episode to kind of be just like oh well it's you know it it turns out that it's just the police were kind of in the right about it we don't really talk about we don't really talk about them being held accountable for that, I guess is, is the, is the thing that kind of, kind of stinks, but right. maybe that's maybe not really that's a moment where Trina apologized. Right. For assuming Virgil's guilt. Maybe that's truer to real life though. than we, then we, uh, yeah. We <laughs> expect. But um, yeah, I, I, I gave it the exact same score five out of 10. I think the rest of the episode is, is somewhat formulaic and a little bit goofy um, certainly the giant cockroach and giant spider, uh, not necessarily being not like not knowing, not having that tied up. It's just forgotten about. And then him, <laughs> him defeating the, the, another bang baby monster through happenstance and then getting this big reward at the end is it. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's just a little bit goofy. It just maybe, maybe the spider became like the school's mascot after this. <laughs> Maybe maybe he got transported to Africa to be with Anansi. Ooh. So he he could train him to be like Oh my god. His, his Anansi and the Anansi the spider and his sidekick and his sidekick a spider. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're talking. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to our next category, Liam, which of course is going to be animation and visuals. I believe you said Toma Productions, which forgive me, yeah, Toma Production Company. I, I so I checked; they have they they have done four total episodes of Static Shock, and I believe this is somehow the first one of theirs we've ever covered. So, oh, okay, because uh, yeah, we've uh, we've talked before about some of the uh, the off episodes of Static Shock from from season one. And the usual culprit there, but yeah, this uh, this Tama Production Co. I think is a is a new studio to us. So uh, everybody's a little bit off, I think. This yep. is another one. It's not quite the big Disney heads, and definitely and not big. as expressive for sure. Yeah, 
but uh, I feel like everybody, especially it's like, I feel like weird characters like Virgil's dad is really inconsistent. And I feel like the like people's heights and, and weights, I guess the, the positionings, depending on where they're supposed to be in the room or if they're walking away, kind of it just doesn't feel like uh, that's that's on on the money here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like the action itself, I didn't I didn't really see any problems with. Like I said, it's very wacky episode and there isn't a lot of action other than the uh, the bug fight at the end of act two and then the the brief scuffle with uh with royce and his monster form at the end but um yeah i think the main thing i noticed because maybe because this is such a dialogue heavy episode is that i feel like everybody's it's not just oh they look different it's that it keeps changing which we right. we've talked about before is kind of the bigger issue as opposed to just a different look depending on a director or an animation company. Yeah. Uh, consistently inconsistent is kind of what I had there. <laughs> I think even, even Trina's look, I mean, there's obviously a couple of different looks that they have for her, both in her police uniform, out of her police uniform. Um, but th- there's just something, yeah, there's just something off about the way that everybody looks from scene to scene. Um, I Even I, like the background extras, they look like, characters from a different show to me (laughs) they're running out uh when virgil pulls the fire alarm Uh these look like they came out of like scooby like hanna-barbera 60s scooby-doo like i don't know it's like the hairstyles or something (laughs) and i assume it's just stock models uh so i don't know maybe it's just maybe i just haven't paid enough attention to like the background stock people at virgil's high school before but i was just like these look these these all these people don't look like they belong. <laughs> these people don't look like they fit in this show, even in this season two. Uh, you know, not quite DCAU yet. Look to the show, right? Yeah, I, I didn't have a ton written down because a lot of it is it's so dialogue heavy, and we don't get you know we don't get a ton of of interesting visuals. The uh, the spider again missed opportunity aside for for Spider Man references the static flying directly out of the classroom into a into a giant spider web i thought was a neat trick Mm -hmm. um as he's sort of looking looking for the spider not expecting it to be outside um but uh but yeah him versus the the roach was okay but again it's it's sort of i'm like well how this thing is just knocked unconscious like what are we doing here it's gonna wake back (laughs) up and continue to terrorize because you clearly (laughs) it um him using the ingenuity to use parts of i again i couldn't tell if it was like the line the offensive lineman thing that he was using to like pin the yeah. spider to the field or if those were supposed to be goalposts because if those were goalposts they were the worst thing worst goalposts <laughs> i've ever seen drawn uh clearly done by i mean an animation studio likely not familiar with the concept of american football you you could probably excuse them but uh, if it was if it was that you would hope that would have been caught by the people that were responsible for storyboarding it. But again, maybe it wasn't supposed to be goalpost, but certainly seemed like that they were. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I think they were at least successful in making Royce look grotesque. He's the mm-hmm. first bang baby that's like. I feel like is not super happy with their powers. Like this is, he's mm-hmm. made a huge mistake. Like he's clearly, he's, he's messed up big time uh, by, by deciding to inhale this, this bang baby 
gas juice like just yeah immediately regretted it um i will also say that the the ending i don't know the physics of how you would make a statue's arms move as if they were actual human arms um like how you would articulate a statue's arms without it just like ripping the the metal or whatever it was made of i that that was just beyond me and it took me out of that moment as he like makes the statue's arms just kind of like rotate as if it was actual human arms or something yeah not not a fan not a fan (laughs) of that very distracting um so for all those reasons, I, I ended up giving animation visuals a, a five out of 10 for this week. Yeah, I went uh, I went one point lower. I went with a four, four out of 10, like I said, and which is more to what we've already spoken about. Just like I said, I, I can I can settle into a an alternate art style or, uh, you know, with, with the best of them here. We certainly do that all the time in, in the other shows we cover. But yeah, just not very interesting. And then, yeah, the the the. The, the like I said the the Royce design, it's interesting because like we said he isn't just like a Hulk guy. He's got like these weird proportions and like what looks like his like his spine is like shooting up out of his back and mm-hmm. and but it doesn't really feel like it fits even this even these early seasons of Static mm-hmm. and we've had some pretty wacky uh, <laughs> uh, bang babies over these two seasons. But I, I I don't know it just didn't it just didn't quite work for me it just didn't come together for me so um yeah all things not, not the worst that we've ever seen but uh yeah not not great either not a great effort that is for sure all right Liam, let's move on to our next category which of course is going to be music richard wolf not that one responsible mm-hmm. for the music this week and uh i noticed that we we kicked things off with a a reuse of mm-hmm. the song Let's get it started. Let's get it rolling, which we talked mm-hmm. about earlier in the month. If you recall, that song was playing during the uh, which one was that? Was it the was that the Sunspots episode? I think. Yes, that's that. Hot Streak returns to the high school. That song's playing. So uh, I was unaware that they reused the music for situations that didn't necessarily match up with the same characters. So. <laughs> Even more reason to uh, to just kind of question this. Can you imagine like just the the same song that is playing like during a Riddler episode, then coming back in like three episodes later f- during like a Two Face episode? Like, <laughs> it feels very out of place. Like, did we? What is this song? Why is this playing? Whose theme is this? This is a genetic crime is happening track. I guess <laughs> it's not. It wasn't like the Hot Streak specific specific one about like back up i'm burning up or whatever that one i think is just hot streaks but but yeah there's a let's get it started let's get it rolling i guess has some reuse that's just a general like dangers of foot music i yeah i I that's the only uh that's really the only song other than static theme that's the only i think that's the only lyrical song we had in the episode correct i was surprised Um, yeah i i was i was honestly shocked i was like within the first three seconds we have we have a a song featuring some some reused lyrics here so i guess this is going to be a pretty lyric heavy episode and it was not so uh, maybe this is another one of those episodes that could have used it in order Mm -hmm. to uh, 
to uh, to come across as a, a little bit more to distract from some of the visuals or the, the <laughs> lack of lack of effective plot. So, uh, yeah, I I didn't uh, didn't really notice much other than, of course, the static theme that kicks in when we get our static transformation sequence later on in the episode. Uh, and then, of course, as he's battling both the spider and the roach and then the the ultimate final battle with uh, one Royce Axelrod. But uh, yeah, so I ended up giving music a a five out of ten. It's fine. Uh, there's some background stuff that plays in some of the scenes that are a little bit more heart wrenching when uh, when Robert's talking to to Virgil and Sharon. But uh, yeah, there's not a not a ton. I think I could have used like when she mentions Motown. I thought that we were gonna get like a, a rip off Motown song at some point and uh, like a like a 60s 70s like. Uh, There's a fun little sting when Trina walks into the room. Like, oh, we've met before. It's like a like <laughs> being there, which I which I quite appreciated. That's good. Um, yeah, my only other note for I think is uh, when after Robert sort of storms out of Virgil's room after their big fall, uh, Virgil sort of like solemnly opens his uh, his backpack and the uh, and he staring at the uh staring at the static suit and they play the static theme but it's not just the stock like they bring in those like pipe organs but played solemnly mm-hmm. which i don't i don't think we've heard i mean obviously we talk about that all the time superman and batman and characters like that but i don't remember too many we've covered to date where they played that way with the static theme so are you you're playing the, the the heroic music, but in a more like tragic way, because at this point it's, you know, static is the whole problem. That's the whole thing gotten Virgil into trouble. So I appreciated that note. Um, and so I ended up giving a six out of 10. Well, definitely would have been higher if we had lyrics to talk about, but yeah, if I didn't mention it, if I didn't mention it, a five out of 10 for me, but uh, yeah, we can always hope for our, our next round of static reviews that uh, we'll have more lyrical content to appreciate. <clears throat> All right, Liam, let's move on to our final category of the day, which of course is going to be our voice actors. We of course have our series regulars taking place here, but uh, we also have a couple of guest stars that are worth noting, including pop's girlfriend herself so uh, let's get into this week's voice cast absolutely so of course we do briefly have uh, some of our regulars that at the time we have michelle morgan um who gets a little bit more to do and but not uh, not a ton but she does get to do a bit more range with uh with her with virgil and then uh when they have the, the big argument with with robert at the start of the third act um we have briefly we have Jason Marsden as Richie, of course. Briefly have uh, the great Dennis Haysbert as the chief of police, just there to give end. Doesn't get to do anything else in the episode. <laughs> um, but uh, my first fun uh, star is uh, playing playing Trina's the other cop in the episode is uh, Nestor Carbonell, uh, who probably would be best be known. He's one of those. Oh, it's that guy. But uh, would probably best be known. He's the mayor in uh, in the Dark Knight, who uh, oh. ends up like drinking acid. Or, no, the co- or the, the commissioner drinks acid. I forget what happens to the mayor. But isn't he the guy? Didn't he also? He was uh, he was the Deflator Mouse stand in Batman Well during uh, in the live action Tick 
uh, series as well. I, I believe you're right. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I feel like he's been on a thousand of those like USA shows too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like he's on Psych and mm-hmm. Burn Notice and all. It was definitely one again. Definitely a guy. When you see him, you go, "Oh yeah, that guy." <laughs> My favorite favorite line that he has is when the uh, after after Royce is turned into the the monster and the cops arrive at the school and uh, Trina is there and she's trying to take on and she gets handed you know her her tail handed to her and uh, so he comes up and, and Static actually gets knocked down also so Garcia goes over to like check on him and he's like stay here. I got to help my partner. And they don't show him. He just runs off screen. And then like a split second later gets thrown back right next to static. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's more of a visual gag than it is like the voice acting, but I, 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 I cackle. That was a good bit. Yes. Agreed. But uh, yeah, elsewhere in the, in the cast, we just talked about him last week, but as our titular villain of the episode or not titular villain the villain of the episode uh royce he doesn't get a he doesn't get a cool villain name uh we have once again bumper robinson we just talked about him last week as slipstream uh, a regular here and uh, not he doesn't sound like fat albert this week so we know mr robinson has a, a little bit of range to his uh to his voice acting talents yeah i thought he did a fine job i did not think that there was anything uh anything super unique i mean he most of it is his interaction with his buddy and then we get his interaction with uh we get a couple of interactions with virgil uh as he sort of bumps into him in the in the high school uh, Mm -hmm. in the hallway but yeah there's 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 some good like yeah he's a devious up to no good kid like clearly he he kind of fills that role pretty well absolutely and uh and his little uh his little uh sidekick is uh by Rai or Rai Hunt, and uh, that actor would best be known uh, for playing a character in an Australian uh, series, Heartbreak High, which I've heard is a very big deal. Over there. I think that's like their Degrassi or uh, 90210 or one of those types of shows. Yes. Okay. All right. a, I believe it's an Australia only show, but it's a uh, it's a big deal. I think if you're in back of the woods, down under, but, we got to uh, talk to Nathan from uh, from Superman the Animated Podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. From whether or not Heartbreak High, if I if I'm over Heartbreak High or not, <laughs> as a as a worthy uh, note to bring up IMDb. But yes, swear in our cast before we get to the main event, we will mention uh, of course Cheryl Lee Ralph playing uh, playing Trina. Who folks would know uh, in as far as DCAU roles, she also the cheetah in uh, Injustice League, but uh, also currently has a uh, I think a pretty big starring role on the very popular Abbott Elementary uh, show on uh, on uh, on US TV right now. So uh, I I think she does a fine job, like stern, you know, uh, you know, take take no crap serious serious woman i don't I, they don't ask a lot of her beyond that mm-hmm. um but she, maybe she gets her muscles a little bit more that in that scene in the kitchen with with robert just listening in and she's kind of lamenting how she, she's kind of made a mess of things and how Jill doesn't want to do with her and then that's going poorly with sharon as well I, I, I think she does a pretty good job overall yeah i, I think she's fine i think I think her. I mean, does she does she come back on this series? I don't remember seeing her again. So there's she... one more Trina episode. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I mean, 
I don't think that they asked her to show very much emotion other than that scene where she's kind of ending things with Robert. So maybe not fair to judge her. I think her role in Justice League is a lot bigger, a lot more memorable, a lot more emotion to be shown. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's I, I think from likely what they asked of her, she's a like the prototypical police officer like they had. It's like a military person. You know, there's sort of like mm-hmm. a, an expectation for how they how they carry themselves, how they talk and kind of being emotionless. Maybe it may be cliched, but it's kind of or stereotyping, but it's kind of like the stereotyping of a stereotypical <laughs> police officer is like there's not a whole lot of emotion that they're going to show. They're not going to show a lot of like heart to you in their heart to heart talk, you know, about trying to get to the bottom of their case. <laughs> it's kind of like not, they're not able to. So yeah, I, I think that for that casting for that character, I think her, her performance is, is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty effective. Agreed. And then last but not least, uh, in, in addition, of course, we have uh, our, our main actor to talk about, but uh Kevin Michael Richardson as as Robert as Robert Hawkins, again like we kind of talked about in plot. I like that we get to see him act a little bit more. He's not mm-hmm. just the just not not just the stern dad kind of raising the eyebrow or or you know cracking a joke here. He's uh you know he gets to show a little bit of emotion from being the the angry dad yelling at Virgil to having sort of the 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 sadder moment with uh, when Trina comes off and then this, at dinner when he's uh, you know when he's sort of just reading and talking about how he needs to move on with his life and everything and then you know the little epilogue where he's you know he's back in good spits in there going to get food or whatever he gets he gets a lot to do this week and uh, unsurprisingly for a guy of his talents he uh, he does great now uh, I, I thought that the the stand the standout is the scene where he's really giving Virgil the the business in that that first scene. He gets to raise his voice and like I, I believed he was an angry dad. Like it was yeah hundred percent believable. Um, you know, plot aside for maybe some of the holes or some of the things that we would have liked to have seen kind of further explored. I think there's the real raw emotion came out in his in his voice acting there and it was yeah it was it was really good and then then even a little bit later as you mentioned like the conversation that he has with Sharon and Virgil about like hey you're the you're the people that told me like that you wanted me to move on that mom would have wanted it this way like and you guys are being you guys are being jerks like the fact that he's able to as an a uh, as an adult be vulnerable and share this with his kids like yeah that that came across as being really really authentic so yeah unsurprisingly as you as you mentioned you know a, a, a an actor of his his stature being able to pull off uh, quite quite the range of emotion and certainly uh dig down a little bit deeper and pull out something that was uh, uh maybe not asked of him very often i thought was uh, was uh, unsurprising, but uh, certainly welcomed. Absolutely. And then of course, him playing off of our main star and Phil Lamar, always good. And he actually, once again, gets a lot to do there from his first interaction with, uh, with Trina, when she's stopping him to search the backpack to him unable to sort of own up to the real reason of why he, he ran and, having to sort of, you know, try to get his dad to, uh, you know, to believe him despite not really being forthright with him. And then, and then dealing with, with Trina again, later on in the diner and all that, 
again, he gets uh, he gets a good amount to do as well in this episode. And and again, even less surprisingly, perhaps Phil Lamar good, <laughs> good, good at voice acting, good at acting. Yeah. Um, so and and he, and he gets he gets a lot to do. He gets a lot more to sink his teeth into this week. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to add to that. We I mean, we we talk about it each and every time we get to do a static episode or a static review and certainly uh, his his role in Justice League. And uh, he's a dynamic voice actor that's able to pull off you know, so many different emotions, regardless of which voice he's doing. And, um, you know, I think it's it's it, his the fear, like the the conversation, I go back to that conversation that he has with with uh, with Robert, where he's he's trying to emote like, hey, like I was I was scared. I was scared in this moment, like mm-hmm. came across as being very authentic. Um, and then then later on, like when he's kind of he calls up Trina to let her know that the the bang baby gas is there. Like you could tell there was like still hesitation in trusting this person that he's, he has reason not to trust. Um, So there's like, there's still like a little hesitation in the vocal performance and the way that he's like communicating with her. So yeah, uh, little nuances, little, little things that he does to sort of uh, evoke those emotions that he's trying to get across um, are, are why he, he will continue to get voice acting roles for as long as he possibly wants to, I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. So for, for, for the strength of our, our last two gentlemen, we've talked about uh, Mr. Richardson and Mr. Lamar alone. Uh, I came across strong uh, eight out of 10 for my voice acting score this week. <laughs> yep. I, I, uh, I went with the same exact score actually. So uh, <laughs> eight out of 10 for my voice acting as well. I think uh, based solely if we had to, uh, to look at the, it was heavily weighted on those two, two last performances, I'd say uh, not that anybody else was, was detrimental or did not uh, do what they were asked, but I think just going above and beyond. And that's why, what we look for, I think, when we're a lot of times grading the, the voice acting is just, you know, what pulled you into the episode? What came across as, man, that was that was really effective or that felt real or that felt like that was they were really that character emoting that, uh, you know, whatever emotion they're trying to get across. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say there was a couple of examples from uh, from from Mr. Michael Richardson and or Kevin Michael Richardson and, and also Phil Lamar in this episode. So great. Uh, not surprising that we both have had high <laughs> scores on that one. All right, Liam, let's uh, total up our scores here. And uh, coming up here at the end, I end up with a 23 out of 40 for this week. So not, not great. <laughs> and somehow <laughs> we had the same score in any yep. category, but um, uh, somehow uh, we still ended up with the exact same final score. And I also have a 23 out of 40 for my final score. That's right. Now, we already mentioned Trina does come back for another episode. Um, Mm -hmm. So it feels like even though our villain doesn't return, um, this maybe doesn't have the same impact as Richie's dad is a racist. (laughs) uh, Sons of the father. (laughs) The, the episode um you know it feels like maybe this at least gets a one thumb up because we need to know who this trina person is like i guess i'll reserve judgment until we get to see that second trina episode but you would think introducing a character that comes back later to play a play a, a role um yeah i would say it's probably 
probably important, especially based on the development of the relationship between Static and his dad and and Robert and his kids and all that stuff. Probably a one thumb up, maybe like a half thumb yeah. up. And we'll give this the old uh, the old Orange Cassidy thumbs up for this one. I think there give it a, just a little thumbs up. But yes, uh, I think there's there's something here. Okay, all right. All right, Liam, we will begin to wrap things up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, there are, of course, a myriad of ways to do so. Listening to the podcast, you are doing so, uh, supporting the podcast just in that way. So we thank you if you're listening this week. Thank you to everyone who listens each and every week. Uh, if you would like to support us and, and go above and beyond the normal way of just listening, there are, there are a couple different ways that we'll suggest for you. If you're listening on a podcast app, pull up the app, see if it'll let you leave a review for us, whether it's a five-star review or a, uh, a little blurb about the podcast like Apple Podcast does. Uh, you can go ahead and do so. Uh, that helps us out that helps spread the word about the podcast and gets uh, gets people listening tell people about the podcast also if you have friends that enjoy these uh, these cartoons also feel free to uh, to share share the pod with them and make a recommendation if you're listening to us on spotify uh, make sure you interact with our weekly poll and question of the week we always have a lot of fun with those um i imagine there might be some sort of spider sl- giant spider slash <laughs> themed question this week on the poll so uh, if you want to get your voice heard about uh, perhaps what happened to those uh, those two creatures uh, you can uh, interact with us with our question of the week on the spotify app uh, as we t- mentioned at the top head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower and subscribe to that channel there like our videos as they are posted last week we posted a our entire new episode our bonus episode of uh, reviewing the latest issue of batman the adventures continue where we talked with best friend of the show Monica Kubina, we did an interview with her talking about her work on the series, working with different artists, uh, the work that she did on the exclusive merchandise that celebrated the 30th anniversary of Batman, the animated series. It's a, it's a great interview. We had a great time in, in talking with her. So head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower and check out that video along with the rest of the videos there from our friends over at Watchtower Database and, of course, Tim Talk. Liam, you can also support the podcast monetarily if you'd like to. You can check out the show notes. There's a link there to donate to us directly if you want to buy us a coffee. We have a couple people every single month that do that, and uh, we are so grateful if you put your hard-earned dollars in our pockets to help us buy uh, buy a, a Dunkin' Donuts coffee or a Starbucks here or there. It's, uh, <laughs> it's much appreciated. There's also a link to our merchandise store. You can check that out if you'd like to and pick yourself up a piece of merchandise. There's usually a sale that happens, I would say, once every couple of weeks. So uh, wait for a sale. There'll be a banner at the top of the store and uh, get some merchandise there. They just ran a free shipping uh, last weekend, and there's usually some sort of percentage off that follows that within a couple of weeks. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Speaking of being on the lookout, Liam, as we talked about Next week, we will be in our fifth Saturday of the month, which means we are going to take a trip around the multiverse as we are wont to do. We are headed for an Elseworlds review, and uh, something tells me it's uh, it's going to be in honor of a rather large celebration that we uh, we just passed here, if, uh, if you're listening on our original air date. That's right. So, uh, yeah, just this month, we did the 85th anniversary 
of the first issue of Action Comics number one, which of course featured the first appearance of none other than the Man of Steel himself, Superman, and Lois Lane, and a few other uh, classic Superman uh, parts of the Superman mythos. So we thought for our Elseworlds treat, we would look to a uh, much popular place and uh, and one that we've kind of kicked the tires on before, but have not covered before that being the animated movie from uh, probably about 10 years ago now superman versus the elite very good very exciting i'm kind of going into this blind i don't know remember a whole bunch about it i probably knew something about it when it originally debuted but 10 years ago might as well be 100 years ago to me so i'm <laughs> excited excited to check this one out and celebrate 85 years of the man of steel and, uh, and all of those supporting characters as we, uh, as we check that out next week. It's going to be a blast. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Reveal. Bye-bye. <laughs>